0: So holding yourself accountable for all of these behaviors are, is so important. When you start holding yourself accountable for knowing that you have the choice to control your thoughts, to control your, your feelings, you're unstoppable. You are unstoppable because you know that you can then create the life that you want to live and overcome the, the, the traumatic incidents that, that had happened.
1: Welcome to Impostrix Podcast, where we affirm the lived experiences of professionals of color who navigate imposter syndrome and racial toxicity at work. The tools that you learn here will help you confidently address racial toxicity at work, put that imposter syndrome to the side, stand in your power, and resist racial gaslighting. I'm your host, Whitney Knoxley Black mother to black boy children, a civil rights attorney, and an anti racism educator and trainer. If this is your first time listening, welcome. We're glad you're here. Episodes are published every week. Make sure you go back and listen to our past episodes. All right, here we go. Welcome back to Impostrix Podcast. I am here today with Kiara, who is a mental health coach and owner of New Youth Psychology, licensed therapist. I'm going to have you introduce yourself.
0: Yes, thank you so much. It's First of all, it's an honor to be here with you and I'm excited about our conversation today. Uh, So, yes, my name is Kara Luna, and I am a licensed mental health therapist in New York State and also Florida. I own a virtual group practice uh, called New You Psychotherapy, and uh, we also provide mental health coaching and support for um, the clients who who may need and benefit from it. I am also a public speaker. I am a bestselling author. My very first book, Becoming a New You. Uh, let's see what else do I do? I'm a mom. I'm a mom of two boys, <laughs> two handsome boys. Uh, they are 12 and, uh, seven and I'm also a wife and I'm all of the things, you know, I'm a woman that, um, is a, is a woman of faith. I am very spiritual. Uh, so, so yeah, so that's a little bit about me.
1: Awesome. So what is your, what's your racial identity?
0: Yeah, I'm Dominican.
1: Awesome. Dominican. Yeah. And you're clearly from New York or?
0: Absolutely, yes. I'm from New York. <laughs> New York City, baby, from the yes. Bronx.
1: <laughs> so I'm someone who has been involved with therapy. I've been benefiting from therapy for all of my adult life. Yeah. And coaching has only recently become a part of my life, career coaching. Wow. Um, and it's been wildly helpful, wildly, wildly helpful. And so I want to hear from you about, like, what is this mental health coaching and why would somebody decide to do mental health coaching um, instead of or maybe alongside with therapy?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. Mental health coaching is focusing on the present issues, on the issues that are happening today and the goals that you want to set for yourself uh, for the future. Whereas therapy, we are addressing present issues, but we are also uh, navigating and working through past, through your past and some of the incidents that might have occurred that has led you to feel the way that you do today. And the another specific uh, difference also is that with uh, therapy, we are actually focusing on diagnosing and working with symptoms, right? Whereas with coaching we're really not focusing on that it's more on life skills and also different areas of your life and coaching can be very direct whereas therapy we, we use a different technique or different models to really meet you your needs and work with you know a, an umbrella of things so like coaching can also be very specific whereas therapy sometimes you know you can come in today and you want to vent about something that happened this week that has nothing to do with you know what we've been working on per
1: se so it's re- that's really interesting to me because I think as far as like healing goes, I, like I said, I've been utilizing therapy. But I think one of the challenges that I have like long-term with therapy is that I get taken off track because stuff is happening in life today. And, you know, sometimes we are able to tie it back to like the underlying stuff, but other times it feels more of just like a, help me process, help me navigate what I'm going to do next, like right now. Yeah. Um, and so it sounds like that's a good opportunity for, for coaching.
0: Absolutely. So, so one of the things that I noticed is that some people can still have those conversations with their therapist, because at the end of the day, if you have some level of concrete needs, there's no way that we're going to be speaking about, you know, anxiety or depression if your main concern right now is paying your next bill mm-hmm. you know so a lot of a lot of the work that it it is also done within the therapeutic sessions uh depending on the therapist of course and their in their approach is also helping them navigate their life and and budgeting and like the simple things that sometimes we don't think about and then with coaching i feel like coaching is very more like to the point and concrete mm-hmm. and it's like okay This is the type of coach that I am. So, like, I'm a business coach. So this is all we're going to talk about. And this is, like, the whole plan already planned out, right, for the next, like, four weeks or the next three months or the next six months. Whereas for us as therapists, we have a plan with you and we know what we want to work on, but we leave room for whatever else may come up.
1: Mm -hmm. I heard somebody say recently, like, I couldn't wait for the benefit of therapy, Mm -hmm. you know? And, and that's something that I can relate to of, of sometimes having really acute, what feel like to me, very acute issues or concerns or blocks um, that, yes, I'm going to therapy, I'm working it out, but like, I need something to help me get through this next week. I need tools, I need, give me the homework, give me the coach's homework so that I'm just feeling like I'm addressing my more immediate concern. And so I love this idea. Um, and for me, the conversation really opens up this tool of mental health coaching.
0: Right. Yes. And I, I hearing you say that, right. It's like, Oh my goodness. Yes. Because the the honest truth is that I'm not in the business to not help my clients feel better as soon as possible. So for me, I, I want to learn your story. I want to learn, you know, what, who has made you who you are today. I want to learn your experiences. I want to know your struggles. And then we want to also work on what are some of the tools that you can benefit from You know, from the minute you walk in, what can you walk away with so you can start healing and you can start implementing some of those skills for you to start, you know, perhaps uh, navigating relationships better, let's say, or navigating the relationship that you have with your own self better. So I I think it's always depending on the approach of each therapist, because we are also different and same Mm -hmm. with, of course, uh, coaches, they're also different as well. But I agree with you that sometimes uh, we can be very impatient with ourselves uh, when it comes to achieving <laughs> our goals or wanting to work towards something. And we find that therapy can sometimes takes take time. But what I would always say is that healing takes time. You know, it's mm. a whole journey. And... Dang. in order for us in order for us to be able to achieve the things that we want to achieve we first have to address those underlying core values or beliefs that we may have that we are not even aware of mm-hmm. so we're always going to kind of end up in the same place because we have not addressed that that past trauma perhaps that is there in my subconscious mind and I have no idea what it is but I keep on getting stuck you know I, I pay coaches I do this I do that and I'm still not getting the results or the outcome that I want so why you know oh. we're repeating the same cycles over and over again because there's been a part of you that you have not yet met you know mm. so how can you meet that person first meet that part of who you are first to get to know what is keeping you stuck and then we can rewire that and you know Quantum leap to whatever it is that you want
1: to call. Quantum leap. Give me some of that quantum leaping. (laughs) Yes. You brought up this idea or this reality that some of us, arguably, all of us, have these past traumas. Um, and what I want to talk about is as folks of color, as professionals of color, we're trying to embrace our full selves. All of our blackness, our Dominicanness, our whateverness, and also show up to these workplaces in ways that we will be accepted and we will be setting ourselves up for success. Mm -hmm. And I'm finding for myself, some of the time, I'm still feeling blocked by some of these beliefs that really for me show up as internalized racism or internalized oppression, maybe from messaging that I've you know, received throughout my life. Mm-hmm. Can you talk about the role that our childhood traumas impact how we now are able to show up in the workplace and maybe what we're dealing with, some of the things that we have to overcome yeah. um, in order to move forward?
0: Yeah. So... First, let me say that from zero to six years old, we were walking basically in a hypnotic state, meaning that everything that was being said around us, everything that we heard our parents, everything that we witnessed, everything that we saw uh, was being imprinted into our subconscious mind. Okay. So meaning that we had no control then to accept or reject information or accept it as true. Right. The only thing that we were able to do during those ages was... um, Really, kind of give meaning to whatever it is that we were witnessing. So, uh, if my mom, for example, would yell at me every time I, I don't know, I asked her for something, uh, my automatic thing would be to kind of give meaning to that and saying something that would make me still love my mom, right? So. What that means is that I'm going to now mold myself in a certain way where my mom would not yell at me for every time that I ask for that thing, right? So we're molding ourselves throughout that, the childhood history of our lives to fit into the world of our parents or caretakers. Now, because we were uh, uh, accepting all of this information as as truth, a lot of us heard, you know, you have to work to get what you want. You know, if you want to get a promotion at work, remember that you're Black. Remember that you are Afro-Latina. So you have to, you know, really prove yourself to these people. Now, in addition to that, we also were experiencing in our own home, not feeling good enough, for example, right? So we would come home with a 80 from an assignment and our parents would say like, well, why do not you get an 85? We would bring next time the 85 and it will be like, well, you can do better. Let's do 90. And it was, there was never a, a time to congratulate us or be happy or celebrate us for, hey, like we're actually passing anyway, right? Like we're doing good. So, um, and, and, you know, our parents thought that that's the way that they were going to be motivating us and pushing us to do better and be better but because we grew up for perhaps with the messaging that we have to do more that we have to be perfect almost right that's the the underlying messaging we give ourselves is that oh i have to be perfect okay great so now i'm super hypercritical you know against myself because if i don't get to excel in the ways that i think it's appropriate right then it's not good enough then i wasn't perfect enough So because we grow up with these messaging, then we show up in the work environment and we're really also trying to be who we are not, right? So we're not showing up as our authentic selves because we know that my authentic self is not accepted. It wasn't even accepted when I was a kid, you know? So subconsciously, we already uh, are showing up masking and trying to fit in into the world. Remember that in some ways, you know, our whole lives, we have been trying to fit in. You know, we were trying to mold ourselves to fit in into our child, to our childhood homes, right, into our caretakers' world. Uh, then we continue to grow, and now we go into school, and now in school we are also trying to fit in, so we're molding ourselves again. So we kind of have been brainwashed in a way, right, and in, in, in a way to kind of like, oh, every stage that I go, everywhere that I go, I have to mold myself to fit into other people's worlds. So now yeah. this shows up, yeah, and at work.
1: I I wanted to just. Take one step back for a second because one of the things that I'm hearing from you is that, and I don't even know, I don't know if trauma is the right word. I don't know what it is, but these experiences, we'll say these experiences that we have had as children taking on, you know, the values and the way of being that our parents want for us because they're trying to set us up for success, not because they're trying to harm us, that these can be experiences that then can determine what some of our limiting beliefs are. Is that right? Yes. Because what's interesting to me is that so often when I'm thinking about limiting beliefs, I'm thinking about, quote, trauma. Mm.
0: And
1: I'm thinking about, like, in other words, some bad thing that has happened. Mm. And because of that bad thing... I am triggered and being triggered is bad. And then it kind of goes, you know, the story goes from there. But what I'm hearing from you isn't that, yeah, I mean, those situations happen, right. but so does just, you know, the the beliefs that we grow up with mm-hmm. that are well-intentioned for us, but that are specific to us in some circumstances because yeah. of our racial, ethnic, cultural, gender identity also impact how we now show up because we are the example that you used was asking for things and if you know a parent yells at you or is maybe even frustrated because you're asking for things and I think about myself we're both parents and my sons I don't at the end of a long day like can you stop asking me why can you stop asking you know like and I really struggle with staying calm and with staying patient at seven 30 on a Wednesday night, Mm -hmm. you know? And so what I'm hearing from you is that even like our interactions, then that our children are picking up from us. Okay. At this time of the day, if I'm asking for this thing or, you know, these, my needs, I'm asking for my needs to get met essentially, you know? Um, and I feel like a burden. Yes. Um, And so if that's the message that folks are, that children are getting day in and day out, and I'm not saying that that's how I am day in and day out, although (laughs) my kids might say something different. I'm trying not to set myself up to feel like I'm traumatizing my children, but like, you know, that these messages then translate into maybe later a feeling of, I can't ask for help um, because I am a burden. It's a burden to ask for help. Yeah. 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 That's, that's. Yeah,
0: really good uh, insight and interpretation. And also is uh, you know, it's I'm too much. Or mm. it's every wow. every child is going to interpret it in their own way. And one of the things that I tell my parents when, when we're discussing childhood trauma, when we're discussing their own and like, oh, my God, how am I, you know, damaging, they say, are my kids. And I tell them, you know. <laughs> we just have to accept that regardless of how great of parents we are, they're still going to be messed up. Like we just (laughs) got to accept it. We just Mm -hmm. got, you just have to accept it and not mess up in the way where, you know, they're going to not be able to emotionally regulate. Cause that is one of the ways that you know that, Ooh, okay. I wonder how come I can't, you know, regulate my emotions. And sometimes it's because our parents never allowed us to, they never taught us how to, you know, the minute that you would say I'm upset, they'll be like, you have no reason to be angry why are you angry like what so we learn now that oh okay so i'm not supposed to experience emotions unless they are happy emotions okay cool now i'm going to turn that off and i'm not going to experience negative emotions or emotions that make me feel bad right that's how a kid will process that and now the kid grows up not acknowledging their a low frequency emotions and now at home the kid is happy go lucky but now this either turns a person who is a toxic positive person or a person who um, gets really angry easily
1: can i just stop did you say a toxic positive person yeah yeah i love that can yes. i snap that that is so that is. funny i i've never heard, <laughs> i've never heard somebody described like that but i think you listen in, y'all know somebody who talks yes. positive. We don't even need Kiara to explain to us what that is. We know somebody. <laughs> yes, yes.
0: And sometimes that can be us, you know? Yes. Sometimes that can be us because we may be feeling so good, you know, and you have a friend that is telling you about something, and you are you want that friend to feel good too, you know? So you'll be like, girl, don't worry. Things are going to get better. And, da, da, da. and then what we don't uh, think about is that we are dismissing her whole – you know, experience and mm-hmm. feeling, you mm-hmm. know? Uh, so, yeah. So I always say, listen, children, It, it we, we do the best we can. And I think that as parents now, the parents nowadays also are working so, so hard to be better and to grow as people. I don't think that the level of consciousness that we have today is definitely not the level of consciousness that, you know, our parents perhaps had Mm -hmm. or our grandparents had, you know, there's so much awareness and so much hype now about being better and like growing and, and personally being better, you know, and being better for your kids and being better wives and better husbands and better, you know, so like I think that because we are in a stage of our lives right now where we are pro mental health, pro coaching, pro being better, we are providing our children with a, better opportunity to be able to be healthier adults when they are, you know, grown-ups and not even healthier adults, but healthier children, you know, they know they have the space to be able to share how they feel. And, you know, again, sometimes it can be really good. And even when you give your children that space, because I have clients that I work with that grew up with very emotional intelligent parents, parents who provided them with the space to express themselves and and you know choose and shared power dynamic in the home. but now they struggle to be able to navigate people who are not able to meet that uh, for them. people who are highly critical they they are very sensitive to criticism because mm-hmm. they were never taught how to navigate that. So mm-hmm. there's there always needs to be a balance.
1: Hey you, I know what we discuss in these episodes probably hits close to home. Are you navigating a toxic work environment, racism, or simply looking for ways to create more equitable and inclusive environments in your workspace? Or are you looking for support in resolving or managing conflict? We've got your back. Introducing W. Knoxley Consulting and Mediation, your partner for diversity, equity, and inclusion training, consulting, and conflict management. Our team provides practical tools and education to support organizational change, centering equity, access, and inclusion in the workspace. Plus, we offer specialized mediation services to foster a workplace culture of understanding and belonging. Go ahead and email us now at info at wnoxlee.com to schedule a free discovery call because we believe in navigating the process together. Okay, okay, okay. Back to the conversation. So, before I had cut you off, you were starting to talk about the limiting beliefs and how they show up at work. So, can you give us an example? You've already talked about a couple of examples. We've talked about, you know, feeling like we're a burden. We've Mm -hmm. talked about the toxic positivity. What are other limiting belief narratives that we might experience um, as we are now adults and going into the workplace as a result of maybe some of the messaging? that we received from our parents who were doing their best. Right. Um, but also just trying to raise young people of color who were t- to survive right. and to thrive. Like they, and I think the other thing that's important for me to remember is that a lot of our parents' generation didn't have an example. Yeah you know, just like we don't necessarily have like each generation is dealing with something a little bit different. It was dealing with a different sort of consciousness. And like for my parents, their parents had just migrated to uh, Chicago and Philadelphia from the South as part of the Great Migration. Um, It was survival. It was, okay, we're in the North now. We're not going to be so apparently affected by Jim Crow. We are, um, we moved up here for opportunity our role as parents is to work hard and provide for our family because we are now in this space of opportunity. And so that was like my grandparents, you know, that's Mm -hmm. a projecting, but I feel like that was our grandparents' reality as they raised our, our parents. Right. And then my parents specifically moved from the Midwest and the East coast to Seattle, Washington. Mm. They left their families They started careers that and now they're trying to raise little black children in a white city without black people, Mm, (laughs) you know, and so thinking about what the message that they needed to tell us in order for us to be, you know, successful, quote unquote, because isn't that what we care about? Like we want our kids to be better, do better. Exactly. enjoy life more you know have a better experience than we do in our lives right so what are some of these what are other limiting beliefs that we show up to at work
0: yeah and I loved how you broke that down because I think it's so important also to remember that we are all raising our kids based on our own experiences you know so if we struggled in a certain area of our lives we're going to communicate that to our kids we're going to let them know like hey look you have to work a little harder because that was not my experience, you know. So I, I love that you broke it down that way. Uh, another limiting belief that can come up and show up at work is I'm inadequate, you know, not good enough. Right. And those show up in so many different ways because there can be this new opportunity going on at work. And you may just cancel yourself out because you don't believe that you can do it. You don't believe that you deserve it. You don't believe that you're good enough to get it, or you don't believe like you're adequate to get it, you know? So this is how the limiting beliefs really stay in our ways to get the goals or achieve the things that we want in life, because you might be perfect for that job, you know, but you're, you have convinced yourself so much that you're not, that you really believe that you're not, you know? Uh, And it doesn't matter how many people tell you that, oh my goodness, Whitney, you're perfect for that job. Like go for it. If you don't believe it internally, you're not going to go for it. You know, you're mm. going to tell them, "No, there's better people for it. Like, look, so and so is better. She's done this and she's always here on time." You find all of the excuses in the world to cancel yourself out. One of the things that I always tell my clients with me is your external world is a reflection of your internal world. What you tell yourself is what you end up seeing in mm. your 3D world. You know, so sometimes we are so hard on ourselves in certain areas of our lives, like at work, I'm not going to get that right. And then you don't get it right. So it's almost mm-hmm. like a self-fulfilling prophecy, you know. But um, another one could be also be I must be in control, you know, mm-hmm. at work, yeah. which but then, like, we become so resentful because we feel like we're doing it all by ourselves. But honestly, you know, we're not asking for help. But then we are upset because no one is offering help. But people has offered help and you have rejected it before. So now no one asks you, you know, if you need <laughs> yeah. help. But this is because I have this tendency of wanting to be in control and wanting everything to be so perfect that I only believe that I'm the only one who can do everything. So we put like this extra pressure on ourselves at work. And then also everyone relies on me because they see me as the strong person who can do everything. So everyone is asking you to get the job done because they trust you. They believe that you can do it. And you're not saying that, hey, this is a little bit too much now.
1: So what somebody that holds that type of belief, what might their childhood, what might they have experienced in that zero to six or yeah. older?
0: Mm-hmm. And the I must be in control. Mm hmm. Mm. So part of it. So it can be so many different experiences. One that may come to mind would be witnessing a mom or dad who always had to be the one doing certain tasks. Right. So like if you hear your mom always say, like, I'm the only one who can do this or I'm, you know, no one helps me. I must Mm -hmm. always do everything. You know, those are messaging that can that you can start to interpret like, oh okay, so I think it's important for you to do everything. Mm -hmm. Another one might be not feeling like you as a child had any control. Right. Feeling powerless. So sometimes feeling powerless in the home. So it's when we think about children and children who bully at school. Right. Mm -hmm. More often than not. Those children are experiencing bullying at home. Their parents are calling them names. Their parents are speaking to them in a very disrespectful way. So at, in that moment, right, that child feels powerless. That child feels like there's nothing I can do to be in control. Like there's nothing I, I'm in control of. And then when they go to school, there they feel in control. There they feel in power because now I have to do this to feel like I can also be in control. So mm. those are some of the experiences that come to mind
1: uh, yeah. right now. Okay, so what do we do? <laughs> <laughs> okay, Karen, so what do we do to, to, to... <laughs> Yeah, because it's like I know I hear myself in some of these examples and I know pre-recording I was talking about some things that I'm going through and you're saying, yep, yeah, those are the self-limiting beliefs. And it's like, whew. okay, so like I'm accepting that this is just my reality. So how do I, the, the language that I believe you used is like rewiring our minds. Yeah. How do I do that so that yeah. I am letting go yeah. of these beliefs, still accepting my experience as a child, accepting yeah. my parents' experience as my parents mm-hmm. and moving forward?
0: Right. Yes. Yeah. So I'm all about moving forward. I'm all about identifying them and getting to work. Right. So I'm gonna give you three steps. First, to 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 identify these beliefs, right? You first want to write down everything you believe generally, and you can group mm. them. You can group them under health. You can group them under finances, relationships, and all of those things. Like you group them, right? So you put, okay, what do I believe about the relationships in my life? About how they are for me? About how I show up? About how they show up? Right? What do I believe about my fin finances? About money? What relationship do I have with money? What do I believe about it? And same things, you do it with everything else, right? Then what you want to do is you want to write down the areas that you feel challenged in. So what areas do I typically get triggered by? And what are things that that I may hear people say or people talk to me about that I may be triggered by? And then I want to ask myself why. Because asking yourself why is what's going to help you to get to that underlying limiting belief, underlying cost that may uh, be resulting in you getting triggered by that. And then we want to um, identify and assess our behaviors, you know? So we want to be so intentional about, okay, I was triggered by this. How did I behave? You know? And then in what ways, what happened that I might have reacted in a toxic way? Because let's be real, y'all. we be very toxic sometimes. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah.
0: We be very toxic, so it's really important to identify to be honest with yourself. No one can be more honest than you can be with yourself. But you first have to start being honest with yourself. Sometimes we don't want to be honest with ourselves because it's scary to be honest with ourselves. You know, it means that I'm gonna have to start holding myself accountable for some things that I might not have. You know, I don't want to. So holding yourself accountable for all of these behaviors are, is so important. When you start holding yourself accountable for knowing that you have the choice to control your thoughts, to control your your feelings, you're unstoppable. You are unstoppable because you know that you can then create the life that you want to live and overcome the the, the traumatic incidents that that had happened. So those are three tools. Writing down your neural beliefs just so you know what they are, what it is that you believe in. Uh, writing down the areas that you're challenged in and then assessing your behaviors. So this way you know how it is that you behave based on all of those beliefs and behaviors that you have.
1: And then is it that knowledge that really helps us to start to do things differently? Yes,
0: because we cannot change what we don't know. That's
1: my thing. Mm. You know,
0: if I don't know, if I'm ignorant to this thing in my life, then I won't be able to make the necessary changes to do better because I don't know it. But now that if I know what it is and I know what it looks like, I know that when I do that or when I think that it's going to make me feel this and it's going to make me behave like this. So we want to make sure that we start from the root. What is it that I'm thinking? What is it? My, our beliefs are our thoughts. A thought that I had over and over again becomes a belief. Uh, an example that I like to give Whitney is, you know, if I were to tell you, Whitney, no, your name is not Whitney. Your name is Wanda. What would you tell me? No, I ain't. Right. And I would be like, no. Like Whitney, look, I can show you your another birth certificate, and it says Wanda. Like, is this all of your information? Is this Wanda? This is your name. You would still be like, yeah, no, (laughs) right? And and I give that example because I want to explain now, going into you know the things that we can do to rewire our subconscious mind. Mm -hmm. The only reason you believe that your name is Whitney is because people called you Whitney your whole entire life, over and over again. You weren't born saying, "Ha, my name is Whitney." No, yeah. you didn't even know your name was Whitney, right? You were one month. You were one day. You didn't know that was your name. Your parents gave you this name, right? And then your parents and everyone else started calling you by your name, Whitney, right? At some point, maybe like what three, four months is when we start like responding to to her name, maybe. I don't remember anymore, but I think it's like three four, four months. <laughs> so, three four months, you you start to respond to your name, and the only reason for that, once again, is because it was a repetition. Mm-hmm. You heard it so often that you started questioning yourself and be like, "Oh wait, so that must be me." Mm-hmm. That's the same thing with limiting beliefs. If I'm constantly receiving a messaging of Oh my God! Why didn't you get an eighty? Why didn't you get a ninety? Why didn't you get a hundred? At some point, I'm going to then believe that everything that I do is not enough in this home, mm-hmm. because that's it. That's it, it's a repetition. So mm-hmm. one of the things that I recommend for my clients, one of the tools is positive self talk and affirmation. Everything we say is an affirmation. So let's let's not get that twisted because people be like what do you mean affirmations? Oh my God. Like, you know, like this is a woo woo thing. Like, what do you mean? No affirmations really work. And if you think about it, everything we say is an affirmation. If you mm-hmm. think about your past, you know, your past, if you think about the things that you have achieved today, you would say, yeah, well, I went to school. Maybe I got, you know, my, my grad degree and you, and I would ask you, well, did you believe that you were going to do that? You would tell me, yeah, I I knew I was, I knew for sure I was going to do it. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the outcome that you got, which was graduating, right? Because you believed that you would do it and you would yeah. tell yourself so much that, oh, I'm getting getting this, getting this. I'm pretty sure you went through frustrations, you know, sleepless nights and all of the struggles that we go through, right? Yeah. But at the end of the day, you had a goal in mind and you were dedicated and you were disciplined in achieving that goal no matter what, right? right? So that's how we overcome those limiting beliefs, it's by repetition of whatever it is that we want that outcome to be in belief. So if I want to, let's say, feel that I am a lovable person, for example, I'm going to start speaking as if I'm already a lovable person because the belief comes after. So people feel like I have to see it to believe it. I'm like, nope, you have to believe it to see it because our subconscious mind, our eyes mind filters all the information based on what we believe in. So if I believe I'm good enough, that's all I'm going to see. If I believe that I'm not good enough, that's all I'm going to see. Because our our brain can only take so much information.
1: So, like, what just clicked for me is that that is the messaging that white people get. That belief, and, and as children, that they can do and deserve everything. Yeah. The messaging that we get as folks of color is you have to work twice as hard to get the thing you might deserve the thing but you have to work twice as hard to get it
0: yeah
1: um yeah. and then the other thing that i heard is around the repetition and that like i'm a i i believe in affirmations and and sometimes oftentimes that helps for that moment but that doesn't mean that necessarily helps long term and right. so like with goal setting um if i am going to set a goal then i am doing this ongoing, really reflection of this is where I'm going to be. This is my goal. This is mm-hmm. how in 2028, 20, this is what's going to be happening in my life. And this is how it's going to happen. Um. So then my feet can start doing the things that my mouth is saying.
0: Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's how I treat affirmations is as
1: goals. Mm-hmm. So
0: I don't affirm. Well, I affirm all day. Right. But I don't affirm what I want in the future tense. And that's what mm-hmm. I teach my clients is that mm-hmm. no, whatever you want, you already have, but you have to believe you have it in order for your body to now start moving in ways to get that for you. Mm-hmm. So if I want certain job position right or want to change my job I already going to move in ways and feel in ways that I already have that in my eyes mind and that's where visualization comes in which is another Mm -hmm. great technique because our imagination is so powerful it's so powerful It's, it's more about like what is it that we're imagining though because everything you think about everything you imagine kind of comes to your reality because our thoughts also uh impact what we picture so if I want a job, if I want to be the director, I'm going to already feel like I am. I'm going to behave like I'm the director. Mm-hmm. I'm going to feel like I'm the director, and I'm going to be so grateful for already having that in my life
1: mm-hmm. because
0: I don't have to have it to feel it, right? I can yeah. feel it based on what I'm a picture that I'm drawing in my imagination. So perhaps I'm envisioning an office, you know, with my I don't know with the the door with the what do you call that? The 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 plaque, like the little
1: placard that has, yeah,
0: yes. I would vision that. I'll describe that picture so perfectly that there's no way that I'm not going to feel like that is. I mean, if you think about it, when we meditate, when we visualize, you start, you start smiling, like you start like feeling that thing, right? And that's exactly where we need to go each time, so it can come into our reality. So a lot of the work that I also do with my clients and and I tell them to to really practice this is visualization along with the affirmation so i'm so happy and grateful now that i'm the director of this agency i'm getting paid this amount of money i am so excited that now my dream has come true and Mm. you see i'm saying this and i'm smiling and that's not even my goal but i'm smiling because i'm feeling it and it feels good to say it you know so whatever it is that i want in an affirmation way i'm going to say that as is already done as it already okay. happened and then I'm going to start moving because that's how it works you guys right, All right? remember that our thoughts impact our, our feelings our feelings impact our behaviors so if your thought is I am so happy and grateful that I'm that now I'm the director of this agency my feeling is going to be what gratitude is going to feel I'm going to feel content happy at peace I'm gonna walk like I already got this, you know. Mm-hmm. And then what? What comes after the, the the emotions? Well, the behavior. So I'm going to start acting and feeling and behaving like I'm already that person. And then what comes after that? Well, the outcome, the result. You getting your director position.
1: Yeah, I um. When you first started talking about visual- visualization, you talked about the placard, and what immediately came to mind for me was that. My first attorney job, I walk in, maybe my first, my second week on the office, because they had ordered me my my placard on my door. And for me, that was a moment of like, wow, like, yes, I did it. Like, that was a defining moment. I took a picture, I sent it to people. Yeah. And then when I was a law assistant until I passed the bar, and then when I passed the bar my title was staff attorney. I took a picture of the staff attorney placard. So yeah, I can really see how visualizing that just being on the other side of like experiencing how affirming it felt Yeah. to have to, to be in the position where I had my first placard that had the professional title that I had been working for. Yeah. You know, that, that was, yeah. Yeah. So, okay. We talked about today. Um, how our childhood experiences can impact what our limiting beliefs are, and then how those limiting beliefs might impact how we're showing up um, at work or in other places of our lives. Yeah. And then you talked, you gave us some tools for identifying the limiting beliefs and then starting to do something different. And so you talked about writing a list of what your beliefs are in these categories, right. identifying the belief and identifying, I can't read my handwriting. <laughs> Behaviors, yes, <laughs> is that right? Yes. So writing you the list, it. and from there, starting to use the tools of um, affirmations and present day affirmations. Yes, not yes. future affirmations. Right.
0: Yeah, because our brain doesn't, a subconscious mind doesn't understand future.
1: Like, mm.
0: It doesn't. That cannot sink in because it lives now and the here and now and in the moment is now. You know, mm-hmm. so if mm-hmm. I start painting a picture of this happening now and I'm feeling that feeling of this happening now, my subconscious mind is going to think that, oh, this is happening now.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, and that's mm-hmm. what we want. That's what we mm-hmm. want our subconscious mind to feel and think. So every time I have a goal, listen, I'll, I'll share that I'm blown away by the fact that I am a owner of a group practice right now. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm blown away by that because I'm the same person who worked in a nine to five for over a decade a person who grew up in a home where a nine-to-five was the way Mm. a person who grew up in a home where my dad had a business but then it failed so Mm. I thought like oh okay being an entrepreneur is hard that that's not for me so here I am being this person just three years ago saying like huh well is this actually something that I can do? I don't think so. I'm so scared. You know, what if, you know, how am I gonna pay bills? Like what if I I don't get this consistent paycheck? That is scary to me. Mm. You know, because that's not something that I grew up around,
1: you know. Oh girl. And isn't it the message that we grew up with uh, that you need consistent? You income? need
0: consistency, you need stability. That's mm. the only thing that can give you stability. Yes. So so you know, so here I am, uh, you know, back in twenty 20 2021 20, 20, 20, battling back and forth with these thoughts and myself and like but i want to. i don't want to work anymore nine to five like I, it's so heavy it's I, i'm it's not nine to five it's nine to nine it's all the time working and being on and i remember feeling so overwhelmed so i was like yo something gotta change you know and then i find out about private practice and i'm like wait a minute <laughs> I, what you're telling me is <laughs> what you're telling me is that i can do something that passions me so much and not have to work you know all the hours that i work but then again the limiting beliefs came in like here are, no like you can't do that that you need stability you, know, you got kids you got kids you can mm-hmm. you need the benefits you need like all of these mm-hmm. things so i really needed to stop stop and really start writing those beliefs down so exactly the steps that I'm telling you guys to do, I do with myself all the time. Because the pig, the bigger you play, the bigger limiting beliefs you're going to face. Let's keep it real. Limiting beliefs are not going to go anywhere. <laughs> they're going to be here with us every step, every stage, every every goal that we set for ourselves. They're going to be here with us. So it's all about writing these down. Okay? It's the work is a lifelong work. Okay? Writing these beliefs down, identifying them. And then once I did that for myself, I was like, oh, wait a minute. This is such a lie. All of these. How am I here lying? I'm lying to myself. I haven't tried this. I don't know if it's if I'm if I'm going to fail. Like I'm saying. And you know what? If I fail, guess what? I'll go back to a nine to five. Like what? Like oh my goodness. So this is part of the reason why I'm so passionate about like speaking about childhood trauma, speaking about limiting beliefs, um, speaking about how to rewire them because I know it's possible because I have helped so many of my clients get what they want as well because I've worked I've walked them through this you know and. And if you're disciplined, and if you hold yourself accountable, and if you're real with yourself, you're going to get everything you want. You're, you are going to get everything you want, because that's just a universal law. You know, we yeah. just have to ask to be able to receive it. And we have to be able to receive it, too. We have to be ready to receive it, you know, because sometimes we say we want all these things. But how are you ready to receive all these things? You're saying you want this director job position, but how are you how are you preparing yourself to have that? You know, mm-hmm. how are you making space in your life to get the things that you want? Are you making space to get the things that you want? Because, you know, I, I, I can tell you all the time, I'm like, yeah, I want to go to the gym. I want to, and I haven't <laughs> made it a goal, you know. Let me be real with y'all.
1: Not the gym. Why <laughs> she
0: got to talk about the gym? <laughs> because now all of us are like, mm. <laughs> Let me be real with you. I'm an, I'm there with you. You know, I'm there with you. I tell myself all the time, I'm going to start working out. I'm going to start working out. But you know, I have stopped doing that because what I realized is that I'm lying to myself and I don't like liars. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> and doesn't it make you feel horrible? Cause I stopped telling myself this too, because I'm like, no, this is setting myself up. I don't want to have this extra guilt. Like I already got real life problems. I don't want to have the extra guilt that I'm making myself have because Mm -hmm. I'm telling myself I'm going to go to the gym and then I don't go.
0: Right. So now I'm like, you know what, Kara? when you're ready to make the decision the day of, then you say that. If you're not going today to the gym, stop saying that you're going to go to the gym. We're wasting saliva here. Be real with yourself, you know, because the way we treat ourselves is the way that other people are going to treat us. So if I don't like people lying to me, I'm not going to be lying to myself. Like, mm-hmm. what, what are we doing? So, yeah, a lot of the the tools that I shared with you all is are the tools that I use with myself on a constant basis, constant basis. Um, the other one is gratitude that I want to share with you yes. all. Feeling grateful yes. is one of those things, you know, where energy goes, everything grows, you know? So what are we giving energy to? If we're only giving energy to all the bad things that are happening right now, we're just going to experience more of that. So first, like, for the things, for the simple things that we take for for granted, I'm grateful that I'm alive today. I'm, I'm grateful I woke up today. I'm mm-hmm. grateful that I can see with my eyes. A lot of people can't see. So sometimes it's really taking those little things that that are not little, but that we consider little because we already have, you know, those are the things that you can start being grateful for. And then you would see how all the other things that you want in your life are also going to start coming into you because energy, the energy that you Give is the energy that you attract, you know. So yeah. gratitude is, is is essential for for us, and yeah. it really changes your life if you practice it on a daily
1: basis. Thank you so much for this conversation. I have learned a lot and been validated. I've been validated today. Okay, so tell us, you have a book, you have a business. Yes. Tell us about where folks can find you, your book, and your services.
0: Yes, thank you so much. Uh, it, it's been so fun talking to you. I love talking to you. Uh, well, my website is new psychotherapy.com and new with a K. My best... Selling book. Let me put it here. Hold on. Let me show you. Yes, yes, yes. Well, you guys cannot see me, but you can hear me. It's Becoming a New You, also (laughs) with a K. And uh, this book is really a guide to learning how your past can inform your present. And the way that I did it was I broke it down into three categories. So what four chapters are for women, four chapters are for men, and then the last Mm. four chapters are for couples. So the reason why I broke it down this way is because I know notice how many of us are not aware of all these maladaptive behaviors and where they come from and I also took like the maladaptive behaviors that I see the most in my practice to help people really start having a tool to be able to like identify what it is that's going on for them and also it's full of uh, journal prompts and also Mm -hmm. tools on how to you know rewire some of those behaviors
1: and and um thoughts so where do i do i order it from your website
0: i also have caraluna.com and you can also order it on amazon okay okay um yeah so you can find me also on ig mrs caroluna.com not.com wow mrs caroluna <laughs> that's my ig uh and that's where you guys can find me so if you need to talk to me if you have questions if you anything i'm your girl email me at Kiara at new or you can just go to my website and um, contact me through there
1: awesome thank you so much thank you for this conversation
0: of course Winnie. thank you for having me
1: and that's a wrap on today's show if you enjoyed the show today don't forget to leave me your feedback write me a review rate the show and share with your community I would love to hear from you. You can find all of my contact information and you can find ways to support the show by donating or purchasing merchandise directly on my website, www.impostrixpodcast.com. Until next time, be validated.